0: You've been planning this for months. Hope you're wearing your long johns today, hunters. Gotta be nippy out there.
1: The big day is finally here.
0: Welcome to opening day here at Sportsman's Warehouse. This is your big shot to gear up for unforgettable at the Sportsman's Warehouse Grand Opening, Thursday through Sunday, October 14th through the 16th, off Summit Park Drive near Walmart. Or visit us at Sportsman's.com. You met the kid.
2: I did. He seemed
1: like a killer to you. Cavalry Audio, in association with iHeartRadio, presents the new podcast, Verdict.
3: Some people think he's definitely guilty. Others be like, no way.
0: He signed a full confession. I can't but close my
2: eyes and not see their faces. Verdict. Premieres October 19th. Listen
1: on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the coldest of cold cases. Five women murdered and mutilated in Victorian London. But trust me, everything you think you know about Jack the Ripper and his victims is wrong. I'm historian Hallie Rubenhold, and when I went back into the records, it became clear that the real story of those murdered women is richer and far more disturbing than we'd ever been told. Listen to Bad Women, The Ripper Retold on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. radio of
0: mine who are within like my like, top three favorite musicians, but they've never made like a single that I like love. You know, like like Madlib for example. Madlib is you know my musical hero. I talk about him all the time in this record store, and yet I can't go like and the number one Madlib song you need to listen to is like like <laughs> it, it doesn't exist. He's just he makes albums, he makes mixes. You know, like he collaborates, he yeah. produces. He doesn't make a one-off um yeah but oh hey hi uh welcome to our record store i'm seth this is tara uh feel free to look around and uh, just give us a shout if you need anything um but but i think that 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 just that goes with a lot of things too but i I think we're going to be talking about that a lot today but uh oh hey look it is crystal visions hello crystal
4: hi how is everyone
0: I, i i'm doing fantastic um i'm same I'm glad you're here, Crystal, because I have to go and give you a compliment in person. Uh, Tara shared with me your music video that you made for Deep Blue Star, and I love it so, so much.
4: Oh my gosh, thank you so much. What a compliment. You just made my day.
0: Have you ever heard of a musician who I am always talking about too much, I would say, is um, (laughs) a musician named Diva Dompe? Do you know who that is? No, I don't. So, I've I've explained this person way too many times, so I'm going to make it so fast. Um, Kevin Haskins from Bauhaus has uh, two daughters Uh, They were both in a band called Black Black back in the day. The two daughters' names are uh, Diva Dompe and Lola Dompe. Diva, in her solo project, uh, goes by Diva, because it's her first name. And your music reminds me so much of hers, and she is one of my favorites. So anyway, long story short... You remind me of one of my favorite musicians, which I guess is a high compliment, but also I don't want to take anything away from you. You know what I mean?
4: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, I will definitely have to dig deeper into uh, Diva's discography.
0: Yes. There's at least three solid solo albums. And then she's done also a bunch of like meditational stuff and a bunch of like new age kind of like instrumental zen out kind of music. Oh, great. Yeah. She does a lot of awesome stuff. Plus her sister, Lola Dompe, she's no slouch. She's in this great band called Automatic (laughs) right now, which uh, I also never stop talking about. You you ever get that, Crystal, where like there's a musician in your mind that like you love to death and you think everyone else should know about them. So you talk about them too much. Do you know what I mean?
4: Yes, there are. are I know exactly what you mean. There are several, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Give me an example of one just so we we could all be embarrassed by sharing stuff we don't want to be sharing too much.
4: (laughs) So um, when you were talking about like doing like some new age, like divas doing some new age stuff, I think most of the new age stuff that I like, people are like, what is that? (laughs) Um, And I don't know if you know Susumu Yokota. Um, He did um, an album called Symbol. In 1996, uh, he does a lot of very experimental uh, new age type of stuff. Uh, A lot of um, strings mixed with loops uh, just sort of layered on top of each other. It's very, very, it's like a... It's like a 90s woven tapestry of sound, if
0: you will. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you mean. And you and, and like I bet you feel sort of like an obligation inside of you to because you like it so much that you want to tell people it exists, you want to share it, and you and you it comes up perhaps too often. And and I I understand that fully. Uh Tara, mm-hmm. do you have an artist like that?
5: Oh, I feel like every time I I don't know. Whenever I do talk about a certain musician that I like, I feel like I get just in these waves of obsessions Mm -hmm. and it's like all I'll listen to. And I usually don't talk to people much about them (laughs) because (laughs) either they just won't get it or they've heard me talk about it a million times already. Um, I don't know. I I do feel like Sonic Youth for me is one that I talk about all the time and it's too much.
0: (laughs) I also remember your Cindy Lee phase too.
5: I went through a Cindy Lee phase right now. I'm stuck in the nineties again and I, I can't stop listening to like Mazzy star and that dog and stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I go through weird blocks of obsessions. <laughs>
4: Amazing. Yeah. Cindy Lee is great by the way.
0: Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're all in that same camp. (laughs)
4: Great, yeah. (laughs) Oh, amazing.
0: Well, the thing we were talking about before you came in today, uh, we do a thing around here called the high fidelity game, which is, uh, you know, we count down top five something. And today we're going kind of basic, but that actually makes it much harder. We're doing top five best songs. Now, we've done top five best albums before. I think it was on our first day here at the record store. And... Mm -hmm. It's so funny because like, it's such a simple idea, but because it's so simple, that actually makes it so much harder, you know? So, um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll start counting it down mind list because I've got my records all set up here and I'll play a little snippet uh, uh, after I uh, announce each one. Uh, but, right. but, but, Crystal, will you join us and play along?
4: Oh, of course. This sounds like a blast.
0: Fantastic. So, um, my number five is actually one that I've brought up in the record store before. It was one day when we were playing the High Fidelity game with Annie Black, and we were talking about the top five songs that are the final song on an album. And my number five is Dance Nine by Philip Glass from his 1986 collaboration with Twyla Tharp in The Upper Room. (laughs) ¶¶ Um, I love this song so, so much. I mean, I, I love all Philip Glass, but this one, whew, so good. Yeah.
5: Yeah. He's, he's a genius. Actually. I can, I feel confident in saying that. I yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> he's a oh, genius. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, th- I, feel, I feel like I throw that a word around a lot, but, um, I feel confident in saying that Philip Glass is actually a genius. And I saw him live once with Laurie Anderson. Wow. And it put me right to sleep in like the best way. Like I wasn't (laughs) bored. It was just so beautiful and peaceful. But I was just, I just nodded off. It was like a lullaby.
0: One of the things that makes me really happy about Philip Glass too, and I think this just makes most artists in general pretty happy. Philip Glass drove a taxi until he was in his 40s.
4: Wow.
0: So he he just, you know, I mean, most people work really hard their whole lives and maybe they'll eventually break through to a mainstream audience. And um yeah, I I like like stories like that make me happy. I think um Bram mm-hmm. Stoker he didn't break through until he was in his 50s, I think, by writing Dracula. So I mean like you know, these things happen. Like, it takes a long yeah. time for anyone to to really create anything worthwhile. And just because people aren't noticing you doesn't mean that your, like, unnoticed hustle isn't building towards something great, like being a Philip yeah. glass when you're 40, you know?
4: Absolutely. I think that Anthony Bourdain is also a really good example of that, too. Oh,
0: for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. He, when he wrote his first book and broke through uh, Kitchen Confidential, how old was he? Do either of you know
4: he was like in his like mid to late forties, I believe.
0: Right, like like he's and, and and you know we're 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 saying all these facts off top of our heads. I bet we're wrong about something we've said here, but that's cool. <laughs> that's fine. I'm going to throw the word allegedly over everything I said about Bram Stoker and Philip Glass. These are just things <laughs> people say to me, anyway. Um, <laughs> no,
5: I mean I love when I hear stories about that because it makes me feel like there's still hope for me in my creative endeavors. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean. But I also don't know, like, I don't know Bram Stoker's path. I don't know Philip Glass's path, but like, I think Harold Budd was the same way, Mm, but he was always making music before. And I think he was even like a teacher of music or or something related to music at like a community college. But then uh, like his, his final like successes came much later in life. Yeah. Like producing music and stuff. Yeah.
0: I I think the narrative is also just so refreshing because the default narrative is check out this pretty young person doing their thing. And isn't that great that they're 20 years old and they have everything at their fingertips and they're succeeding. And it's like, yeah, that story's fine. But what about the (laughs) 40-year-old? What's the (laughs) 40-year-old up to? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's my number five. Moving on to my number four. Mm. This song is Holiday by Mikachu and the Shapes from the 2012 album Never!
4: Okay, I haven't heard that name in quite a while.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, especially, I don't, think, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't believe they use it anymore. I'm also not sure what Mika Levi's pronouns are. I, I believe I was on Mika Levi's website. No, 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 on, on Mika Levi's Wikipedia page. And the huh. whole page was in they, them pronouns.
4: Oh, okay. I, I don't
0: personally know if that's correct, but that's what the Wikipedia page has done. So I suppose I'll follow suit since I don't know any better mm-hmm. right now. So anyway, Mika Levi. Yeah deep personal hero absolutely love them and um yeah i don't believe that mika levi has gone by mikachu in quite a while i think they pretty much just go by mika levi because they've had so much success with um uh their score work
5: and score yeah yeah
0: yeah. but but this song it really gets me it's one of those songs that we've kind of talked about this idea in this record store before which is that um There are certain songs that you kind of play to like pump you up and get you in a good mood. And it's like, okay, I need to like, you know, manufacture myself to feel full of endorphins and excited and ready to go do something. This is my go-to song that's what this song is for me holiday by mikachu and the shapes um where i have had multiple occasions where i'm on my way to like a job interview or something and i'll just like play this song on a loop or something uh, something akin to that one of those types of uh, scenarios and i just think it's just like the most perfect balance between pop sensibilities and pure noise cuz mm. yeah mika Levi has this real knack for knowing exactly what a song needs to appeal to you but also not giving it to you easily. You have to work a little for it. And like the noises are mm-hmm. always just slightly unconventional. Every single noise, despite the fact that this song is a very straightforward, like verse chorus verse song, everything is just a little hard. It's a little buried. It's a little like, you know, behind a veil. And I Ooh. love that. I, I I really love Mika Levi.
5: I feel like you mentioned a few things I want to touch on there. <laughs> um, That sort of like you having to work for and it's not so obvious and its um, pop and noise, like a good blend. I feel like that was, that's how I felt about Cindy Lee. Mm, Yeah. Um,
3: Yeah. I love that.
5: And it like kind of makes you, you sit and you, you like really ponder the music in a different way. But then there are songs probably like this one that you're mentioning that are, so, songs that immediately kind of like make you feel elevated and happier. I have a whole playlist, a playlist called, uh, like someone in love. Oh, they're okay. all just like very happy. Like, I feel like people in love would listen to this music. They just, you know, they're on cloud nine kind of songs. Right. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But yeah. And I mean, there's so many different, I, I just love the, you can change your mood or adapt your mood with any kind of music because sometimes you just want to be like in a sad mopey mood and you know if it's a rainy day like today in Atlanta you, you want to put on something just like you know depress me fam come on let's go <laughs> but yeah I don't know I love all those things that you're talking about
3: yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. also uh, already have two composers oh, in your true. list
0: uh, mm. my next one will not follow that, that pattern okay <laughs> Uh, Here comes my number three. Um, This is Egyptian Shumba by the Tammies from their 1964 single. Do y'all know this song?
4: No. No.
0: This, to me, is one of my favorite songs that, like... I feel like when anyone hears it for the first time, it becomes their new favorite song. So I can't wait for both of you to hear this. So, um, 1964. This single, um, this, this this group, it's it's like a it's like a duop kind of girl group, or I don't even know what the name for that style of singing was. Like the whole like, gosh, I guess they were just called girl groups, right? Like back in the 1960s. Yeah. Well, the ones like you know, yeah, like uh, it's, it's a trio doing close harmonies and you know, fun poppy songs. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about the Tammies the Tammies never released an album they just did a series of singles and they were also the uh, background singers for Lou Christie but they are so incredibly ahead of their time uh, when you listen to this song they have these real guttural like yelps and yowls and growls and like their voices are just like jumping <sighs> all over the fo- place in like a crazy like playful manner and like it's so like proto punk and yet, it's 1964, and it's a pop single, and it's there. There's nothing better. Like, well, actually, technically, there are two songs that are better, but <laughs>
3: it's
0: it's still really, really up there. And I, I still remember the exact place and time I was when I first heard it. Um, I was living in Los Angeles, and uh, KXLU they had a really wonderful morning show. I was on my way into work. It played, and the um the the host of this radio show was just like. And that's the song that was introduced to me about a month ago, and I can't stop listening to it. And now I can guarantee you that you will not stop introducing this song to all of your friends. And uh, and she was absolutely right. Like that, this is one of those songs that I just always have in my back pocket. That's just always a perennial favorite. And anyone I show to, they automatically agree. So, um, anyway, if you haven't heard it before, look up Egyptian Shumba by the Tammies. And there's no album, uh, it's just. 1964, and it's a single, and it's it's on one compilation, but it's really hard to get your hands on. I apologize, but there's no easy way to listen to this song or this <laughs> album. <laughs>
5: yeah. Is it streaming?
0: I I hope I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, um, I, I, I I'm intrigued. I, it's it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Also, there are two versions of it. Uh, one is the alternate version, and one is like the version that was actually released. I prefer the version that was released, but they're both excellent. Anyway,
5: cool. Yeah. Also, I feel like we could loop Cindy Lee into this one again somehow. Like, if every song you, we mention, let's just loop Cindy Lee into it. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, Absolutely. the whole time. Because, <laughs> like, that sound is referencing the girl group sound yeah. so heavily. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I, I fully agree. And, yeah, no. So cool. yeah, Cindy Lee does have, like, a nice little umbrella over this whole conversation yeah. so far. This and I This whole, that. like,
5: Phil Spector wall of sound <laughs> girl group vibes yeah
0: yeah
4: cindy lee is also canadian yeah
0: i think so yeah 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 i, yeah, I believe the so whole much. um what's that family because it's um the same folks that were in women and the same folks that were in women, Viet Cong, yeah. and the same folks that are now in yeah. preoccupations there were a bunch of siblings
4: yeah um i know that <sighs> flagel
5: <gasps> i think you're right the flagels well I just pulled it up on my smart oh, gotcha. <laughs> in the store.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but that group. Yeah. There's there's also another band called Faux Fur from another one of the siblings. I honestly don't know enough information about these siblings. I don't even know how many there are. Uh, I know one of them was in the Dodos briefly. <laughs> I believe one of them died very sadly. And um, anyway, but, but but yeah, Canada. And and, and Crystal, did you say you're from Canada too? I am. Nice. Oh, which yeah. part of Canada?
4: Cool. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, which is about 30 minutes west of Toronto. Very cool. So yeah, pretty Toronto-centric.
0: I I love Canada, but I am from the Pacific Northwest. So most of my Ah. Canada knowledge is like the Vancouver zone, which is also, you know, a wonderful, beautiful place.
4: That's a great zone too.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. All right, my number two. Um, I think we're getting to ones that are going to be more recognizable more mainstream or well, mainstream for me you know <laughs> um, <laughs> Number 2 the song is Winter's Love by Animal Collective from their 2004 album Sung Tongs <laughs>
4: Uh That's a good one.
0: I mean, the melody on that is just, it's unforgettable, it's unparalleled, it's instant feel-good music, and it just... Uh, it's angelic. Like, like I feel like they like harvested something kind of like from the core of like humanity that like, when you hear it, even for the first time, you know that this is an amazing song and they put these notes in the exact right order and played them for just the right amount of time. And it, it is like, I don't know. It, it feels kind of um, like, primordial, this song to me. Like, like, like they really did just kind of latch into something that is perfect songwriting. And I absolutely Mm. love it. Love this song. Um, And it's also funny, too. Like, to me, the album Sung Tongs by Animal Collective is, like, one of these, like, legendary albums. Like, it's up there with, like, OK Computer, and it's up there with, like, oh, I don't know, um, Nevermind by Nirvana. Like, these albums that are just, like, everybody's got them in their collection, Everyone loves them. It's, there's no denying it. It's like a, just just like, of course, and this is an album we all love. Recently, I was on um, the Wikipedia page for Animal Collective. I think I was trying to like figure out information about like which members were on which albums. Because I think the Animal Collective rule is like, as long as there's at least two members of Animal Collective on the album, then it's considered an Animal Collective album. So Sung Tongs is technically just yeah. Panda Bear and Avi Tear. But it's still considered animal collective because there's more than one of them. So, yeah. But uh, but anyway. But um, that album has only ever sold twenty seven thousand copies.
5: I know. I was about to say really? you would put that on the scale of like never mind. But just on, no me, way.
0: To me. <laughs> but because I, I think that's that's a hard part in general. Is that like when something is really like you know influential to me. I put it in the same category like you know uh-huh. Nirvana yeah. was super influential to me because they brought me yeah. into like this wonderful new world of grunge, et cetera, et cetera and it was you know it's some of the best music that's ever been made. Animal Collective really did push me into this new realm and like you know they they their experimentation their use of loops their use of like harmonies like they're 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 a pretty wonderful band and that really kind of Hit me in the right place, at the right time. In many ways, that like Nevermind hit me yeah. back when I was a kid. So I know I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, the numbers I back me up. That twenty seven thousand f- is nowhere yeah. near the whatever twelve million that I'm sure Nevermind has sold. You know.
5: But I guess my point was, or like what I what I'm thinking more so is that that Meriwether Post Pavilion is so much more widely known.
0: Widely known, yes. But that's not the one that like broke me, or at least in my opinion, me and my friends, into the world of Animal Collective. Like, So you're
5: thinking like just on scale of influence,
0: not necessarily
5: like popularity.
0: I don't know what's popular anymore. I'm no good (laughs) at it. (laughs) Like, I'm just too far removed. I don't know. But um, yeah. Like like I said, I called this a mainstream song minutes ago, so I don't know.
5: I wonder, actually, that just has me curious how many uh, copies they sold of Meriwether Post Pavilion compared to Sung Tong. Have they ever
0: gone platinum, Mm, I wonder? Or even gold, you know? I don't know. Oh, but I can say this. Um, uh, This song is mainstream enough that it has occurred in two... I'm, I won't even call them... Well, one of them's not mainstream at all, but one of them is. It was uh, prominently used in this really wonderful film called Short Bus, where it was in the score. And mm. two, it was in an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, so, no way. Yeah. Like, wow. To me, that's pretty impressive that you know, Animal yeah. Collective can make it into an episode of The Simpsons. And I believe the episode, if anyone wants to look it up, is called a list of supposedly fun things that Bart will never do again. And it's like a, you know, a, a reference to the book title, of course. Um, and so anyway, if anyone else look it up, I remember that happening. Cause I am, I am a lifelong, you know, uh, a fan of the Simpsons. I was, I was born at the exact right, right age yeah. for that. So um, yeah, seeing an episode of the Simpsons and I'm just watching it. And then animal collective starts playing in the episode. It feels pretty good. <laughs> you know,
4: wow I uh,
5: uh, actually saw a, a someone tweeted recently um, all that Millennials want is for Adobe walls for their girls uh, <laughs> which is you know yeah the from the my girls, from my girls. Yeah. but um just to Go back, because I, I pulled up that information about Maryweather Post Pavilion, and it's only 199,000 copies.
0: Yeah, so not not even gold. But yeah, not- that
5: was just the United oh. States, so right. there were more copies okay. sold in Europe. But still, that's shockingly low, considering I think this was on like one of those... But like albums you should listen to before you die type. Lists oh, yeah. Things. No, I mean, it's a yeah. wonderful
0: album. And, and no, and I feel like yeah. it really did yeah, break yeah. through somewhat to the mainstream. I know. So, yeah, I, I I mean, first of all, you and I work in a record store right now, Tara. We know people don't buy albums like they used to. They are. Uh, they're slackers. True. And that's cool. You know, be a slacker, but just know that your favorite artists are going to go away because you didn't give them any money. So, you know, <laughs> keep that in mind, too. <laughs> Choices. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to be really shocked, um, look up the current. It doesn't matter. You can you can do this literally at any time. Look at the current number one album on the Billboard charts and look how many copies they sold. Not how many streams they had. Not how many like you know YouTube views, but literally how many physical copies were sold. And it's always like in like the thousands.
5: Abysmal. It's, wow. it's
0: nothing. So sad. It's nothing. People are the fucking worst. (laughs) Oh. Jeez, Louise. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm not here to put down people who don't like record stores. We're we're in a record store. We can just say
5: Spotify is the fucking worst. And I use Spotify, so it's hard to blame an individual.
0: Yeah, I don't know who to blame. All I know is I like records. So
5: (laughs) Me too. My
0: my number one, here it comes. I think again this is mainstream, but who knows?
5: roll.
0: (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Modern World by Wolf Parade from the 2005 oh, wow. album Apologies to the Queen Mary
4: That's a great song and I haven't heard the like the name of that song for a minute and like so many just random memories just <laughs> flooded back from that, like all good. Oh yeah,
3: really
4: good memories, but yeah, that's a great random, song. Yeah, <laughs> random memories like whoever I was dating at the time, going to wow. Yeah, I saw them live too in Toronto. I think around that time.
0: Nice. No, they, yeah, they're great. They're so good. Um, uh, one one of the members of Wolf Parade, um, uh, Spencer Krug is another one of my like personal musical heroes. Absolutely love everything he does. Cool. I love that. And, um, I mean, the main thing I love about this song is that about halfway through, the chorus just kind of builds for the entire second half of the song. Like you get, Mm -hmm. you get some really beautiful verses in the beginning and then like halfway through, they're like, fuck it. It's time for the chorus. And it's going to be the chorus from now on, from now on, it's all chorus and it's just going to build and just get more and more beautiful with every passing verse. And you're just going to love it and get ready for some fun. And, uh, it, it gives me that freeze on thing, you know, where you like get like the chills Mm -hmm. up and down your spine. Like I love this song. And, um, now here's the weird thing, Tara. You know, you and know, I've been uh, working at this record store for uh, quite a while now. You've heard me make many, many lists about all kinds of things, all my mm-hmm. favorites that I talk about none of my favorite artists are really in this top five. The ones we talk about too often, should we say. You know, the Bjorks, the Radioheads, etc. Right. The, like, mm-hmm. like, none of my favorite artists, I, the Madeline, yeah. is, is, isn't in You've this You've talked
5: list. about the Krug guy a lot. We have
0: talked about Spencer Krug. We have <laughs> talked about Mika <laughs> Levi. So, in all fairness, those have made appearances.
5: <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, I yeah, yeah.
0: Mean. Like, like, like yeah. Of our, like, our upper pantheon of artists that we right. should shut up about, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we... None of them made the list. And I was surprised when I was like putting my stuff together. I was just like, oh, yeah, I I just went from the gut. And yet, Björk, who's one of my favorites of all time, no Björk song. You know, I mean, Björk albums would probably get up there, but no Björk song, you know? Interesting.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Which goes back to what you were kind of talking about earlier that it doesn't like line up the same as the albums.
0: A favorite artist does not perhaps make a favorite song or a favorite album and. Vice versa and Versa Visa. Like all those combinations <laughs> don't don't actually line up. So it's weird.
5: Yeah. yeah.
4: Agreed. Yeah. yeah.
5: And it's well, and it kind of makes sense though, because well, at least for the album part, anyways, because I feel like with albums, it's a full package. And so it's like a full experience. Whereas maybe you know one song by another artist that doesn't have that like album that gives you the full feeling. Um, but you really, really love that one song. Yeah. Like obsessively.
0: Oh, for sure. So I
5: I totally get it. Yeah.
0: Well, interesting. I'm going to be very curious what both of your lists are like to see more (laughs) of how this kind of rolls out.
3: Uh, So for now,
0: I'm going to make myself a cup of tea, put my records back. Crystal, I think you should go next. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go around the store, gather up your uh, top five favorite songs, and we'll do this again. Okay. I'll be right back. In this season of Unobscured, we will follow Grigory Rasputin's transformation from a peasant at the crossroads of history to a monster at the center of far too many legends, and in the process, learn how he took the weight of a fallen empire with him to the grave
1: elite aristocratic society in Russia at the time was fascinated with very spiritualist leaders, with gurus, and there was this desire to seek alternate ways of connecting with reality that traditional religion and the church were unable to explain to people who were seeking answers to sort of these life's questions that seemed to have this pressing urgency right around 1900.
0: Join us as we make our way into the burning palaces of Imperial Russia to dig up the truth about Grigory Rasputin. Unobscured Season 4 is available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: It's been a year since my sister Callie died. Now I can't sleep because every time I close my eyes, Callie's there to wake me up. The insomnia's gotten so bad, I'm not sure what's real anymore. There's a shadow living inside my head. It's angry, and I don't think I can stop it. My name is Harper Hart, and I'll see you in your nightmares. Journey into your own subconscious and listen
2: to See You in Your Nightmares now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Sweet. The reviews are in and audiences agree. iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela! She's
2: not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive. And this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island.
1: The art of a roller
2: coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns, five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now. Has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves.
1: You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is going to collapse.
2: Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along when we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're going to come with me, and we are going to take you apart. Piece by piece.
1: Aftershock, starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews.
0: All right, we are playing the High Fidelity Game. Today we are doing just top five best songs, period. And how difficult that is to narrow down. down. Um, I, I tried to go with the five most listened to songs in my iTunes. That's what I tried to do. It was not correct. It was not the, my, my five favorites.
3: Oh.
0: Um, JPEG Mafia was in my top five of most listened to. So was um, Rick Alvin. like Artists who I love, who I think are very good, but aren't going to make my top five favorite songs of all time. So anyway, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, but Crystal Visions, you are next. And yes. um, before you go, can I actually ask you, uh, I know you do tarot stuff. and I, I do. I, I, uh, Tara, is that how you met Crystal originally, was through tar- uh, doing tarot stuff?
5: No, um, we know each other from, I think, just the scene in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, although yeah. it took us a while to actually formally meet. I don't even remember how that happened, but I think mm-hmm. we just, or I just followed you on Instagram for a long maybe time. Maybe,
4: I, I kind of think maybe too, there was some correlation um, between uh, like... Uh, Matthew Deloach. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's our you, buddy. Mutual um, buddy. It was by Walker now, I think. I'm not sure. Um I haven't talked to them in a minute, but they edited my video.
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, I think that might be one of the connections and just yeah. the wonderful world of internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did
5: book a tarot reading with Crystal Visions mm. and it was Fabulous!
4: Thank you. Yeah, very insightful. I, uh, it it was good. It was it was good to sit down and, and read you. <laughs> yeah, it was very insightful and and
5: like really struck a chord. So nice. But
4: I'm glad. I'm glad it resonated.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, well, to confirm, if people want to like see more about your music, about mm-hmm. Uh, you, you doing tarot readings and also about your art. Uh, I have now seen some of your mirror paintings, which are fucking beautiful. Like congratulations. Like yeah. J- just the idea of painting on a mirror really gives it something, something that pops and something that I really, you know, it's, it's appealing. No question about it.
4: Thank you so much. Yeah. It was a process. I had to find a certain type of paint that wouldn't come off. Right. And, um, yeah. And I do like printing processes on them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just uh, highly experimental. It's kind of how I like to do everything. So cool. if, I'm, if I'm
0: trying to track down all of your stuff, um, is it hallofvisions.com? That's where I should go to track down everything Crystal Visions?
4: Yeah, you can go to hallofvisions.com or you can follow me on Instagram at crystal with a K underscore visions.
0: Very nice. I'm, I'm excited. I And um I can't wait for more music because, like I said, Thank you. I really love it. You picked like just the right kind of vibe that goes into the music i love and i'm i'm um you've left me wanting more which is always something really cool Ooh. in music you know where it's like you, you'll hear one thing you love and you're like oh that's so cool i'm gonna go listen to a million more and it's not there yet you know what i mean yeah. so i love it's that it's phenomenal. like it's building an anticipation and i, I yeah i, I appreciate yeah. that
4: and, um, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely coming and it's coming a lot faster than uh, anticipated. It was kind of like one of those like very kismet things that, that happened. I just released it as kind of, uh, you know, like a random, like, this is something that I wanted to do and had been writing music for a while. And now I'm like, well, it's time to start <laughs> just releasing it, you know, like, yeah. Just kind of chose for me, so I'm happy about it for sure. And I'm happy about all of this, all of these top five songs that I have to, to talk about. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering if um if y'all know some of these and which ones you do know, which ones you don't, Um, because you showed me some some stuff that I didn't know. So it's always nice to like get new music info. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty
0: much all I live for. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm
5: I feel like I'm gonna get this from your list, Crystal, and I get it from sets, but Seth's are a little bit more obscure. But like what I like, and I think I'm gonna get, like I said, get from your list is finding new old music. Oh yes, which you know it's sometimes harder to find those like deep dive cool old music. Um, Agreed. That are just like whoa I've never heard this before my gosh I love it so much and just and then I have a new obsession.
4: Yep. <laughs> That's how it happens, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, this is this is really this record store is a really good place to share and co-create. So I'm glad I came in. <laughs> uh Yay. so yeah, I guess we'll start with number 5. And it's interesting because this was something that just hit me this year. This is a release from this year. This is from 2021 Mm -hmm. and um, it's by the Zen men and John Moods and it's called homage to a friendship. Um, And the album's called enter the Zen men. And they're just like a new group. um, Very, very, I would say there's elements of Genesis in there. Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, Take a listen. All in my mind.
5: No, cool. I have never. I, I've heard never heard. Of this. heard. No, it, it, I've never heard of this.
0: And I love, I, I love that something so new can make your top five favorite songs. That's fantastic. I, I love yeah. it when that kind of stuff happens.
4: And it's interesting because when you were saying, yeah, I was kind of like perused my my iTunes mm-hmm. and like was trying to choose off of that. Right. I was perusing my Spotify and trying to choose off of that. And I'm like, there are just too many like songs. Like mm-hmm. I have to just mm-hmm. go with what, uh, what, like what I've been sort of listening to this year. Because if I was to go back like last year or the year before, it's just like, it just gets to be too much. So I have to remain <laughs> present <laughs> with my selection.
0: Yeah. No, I follow so, you.
4: So the yeah. zenman uh, it's spelled uh, Z e n m e n n Z That's a Canadian thing, I guess. Right, yeah, right, right. You know, or, yeah. Right the Z
0: or the Z. So, yeah. Yeah. Right.
4: <laughs> but everything's like very soft. Like I would, I would even put this into like a new age form of pop. Hmm. If you will, like I would say, um, It's yeah, it definitely has a certain softness to it. Um, almost like, are you, have you ever heard of Sam Evian before? Yes. I love Sam Evian. So Zen Men is sort of has like the Sam Evian vibe. Um, if you've listened to Sam Evian's album premium, it has more of the, the premium vibe than, um, I think is his second album, which I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember. Um, the name of it. But Sam Evian is just such a gem of a person anyway. Um, I met him in Atlanta and we were supposed to link up and have coffee in New York, but it just never happened. Cause whenever you go to New York, things just get crazy. yeah. yeah.
3: So, There's too much
4: to do. Yeah. Um, So I was just like, Oh, I mean, it wasn't meant to be, but it was so nice to meet you. Um, But yes, this is kind of like the same type of, the same type of mood. Um, yeah. And that is, I like how, John Moods, his last name is Moods. <laughs> cool, I can't
5: wait to hear it because I love Sam Evian, like you said. And then I don't know. Sometimes, do you know Soft Hair? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, like yeah, Koenig like that kind of just like very. It almost has like a soft or like a contemporary rock, adult rock. Yeah, soft rock vibe, which I love because I'm always looking for something that's just gonna soothe my
4: soul from the outside stresses Mm -hmm. of the world. Um, Yeah, that's cool. Can't wait to hear that. How you how you mentioned soft hair because like that's definitely like you could you can hear that there is some sort of influence to it. You know, yeah, very. uh, It's a strong contender. It's my number five. Nice, Uh, cool. Yeah, so I guess we'll go into my number four, and I think I think both of you will resonate with this. Um, Fever Ray mustn't hurry from Plunge in in
3: two thousand and seventeen.
4: So that song is just like. I don't know. There's something about a synth flute that just really (laughs) gives me joy.
0: (laughs) Right. No, no, I I totally agree. And it's like, like, you know, I I think, well, actually, no, I know all three of us here are musicians who make music and stuff. And there's this funny little line to me about like the uncanny valley of the sound of a synthetic instrument where it's like... um, If you're playing a song and you're using a keyboard to, let's say, make a flute noise— there's yeah. that sound that sounds literally like a flute. Period. Like, there's no question about it. It is a flute for all intents and purposes. Yes. And then there's the flute on the other end of the spectrum that sounds like nothing like a flute, but is technically like in like the flute category.
4: The enya flute. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and so it's so funny to me is that like um whenever I'm collaborating with someone and they use a flute from like somewhere just a bit too far close. To the real flute, I'm just like, no, get rid of it. Like Yeah, you're like, no. This has to be <laughs> either cheesy. a real flute yeah. <laughs> or 100% fake flute. I can't have this in between nonsense. Like, p- pick a lane, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the yeah. fake flute is a very specific noise. I dig it.
4: It's kind of like fake grape flavoring like you know yeah. that's not what a grape tastes like but yeah. you're still like this tastes like purple and I'm here for it
0: definitely definitely <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 same thing with like a fake watermelon fake banana yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like their their real flavor doesn't actually translate to a piece no. of candy like a Jolly Rancher Mm-mm. so they've invented almost like a like science fiction version of the thing <laughs> that is somehow more successful you know yeah.
5: Absolutely. That's funny.
3: Yeah. You know,
5: I didn't give this album much of a chance. Uh, I need to go back and listen to it in full. But all of her other albums prior, I was obsessed with. So I oh, don't know
3: why yeah, wh- I never why listened to this. Right.
4: I don't know. <laughs> Lunge is sure. chaotic.
5: I think it's just one of those things where it, it like got lost in the shuffle of mm-hmm. everything. Yeah
4: and it is it's funny that you mentioned that tara because i was having a conversation with my friend chris about the album and he was just like at first listen i didn't like the album and i only liked a couple songs but i didn't like the album as a whole and then i sat with it and like put all of the songs on a playlist randomly mm. which like forced me to sit with it and then he listened to it again collectively um this is kind of like a really neurotic thing that he
3: did, <laughs> <laughs> but
4: whatever his practice was with it, he was just like, I enjoy it more um, than I do their 2009 release. Mm. With if I only had a heart and and stuff. Oh so, wow. um, I think maybe listening to it segmented, like bit by bit, instead of like as a whole, mm-hmm. um, might might be the way to do plunge. Uh, but I don't know. I just plunged in uh. took the plunge. Yeah. Sorry, Love guys. It. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I just really loved must in Hurry. Like, the whole vibe of that song is just, uh, it's, like, super powerful. It, it comes from, like, a really, um, really deep place, you know? I mean, like, all of their stuff is comes from, like, a dark kind of electronica place. I guess mm-hmm. you would say electronica. Would you classify that as electronica? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Electronic electronica. Well yeah, and the sure. way
0: I always think about Fever Ray too is like the solo project from the knife. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. where did the other half of the knife go? Is there something I'm missing from the other the brother. member brother? Well, what what's it called?
5: It's the brother.
0: Oh, I've never yeah, heard that. He go?
5: Oh, no, it's not. Sorry, I'm talking about her actual brother. It's Caring oh. and yeah, the guy.
0: I thought you were saying his solo project was called The Brother. And I'm like, I've know. never heard that. That sounds really <laughs> cool. I'm going to need to look that up.
5: Actually, I wonder if he has a side project. Because that's what I wonder. Because I, I, I
0: really liked The Knife and I really like Fever Ray. So I I'm feel checking. like I'm missing something from... Olaf. Yeah, from, from Olaf. What is Olaf hmm. doing right now? Or, Olaf? or maybe
5: What are you up to, Olaf? Maybe he's just <laughs> oh.
0: not as interested. I don't know.
5: Well, he did produce a Planning to rock song, which is cool. I love them. Oh, same. Yeah.
0: So maybe he's more of uh, like an in-studio kind of guy.
5: Seems like he DJs and he's an activist. Hmm, that's cool. All right.
0: Cool. Well, okay. I'm just glad I'm not missing out on something, that there isn't some group called The Brother, which is Olaf.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Actually, he has released music as Olaf Dreyer, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Or Dreyer, maybe. I don't know. Uh, And Oni... Ahun, uh, Ayun,
4: something like that. I'm
0: gonna need to look huh? this up, but anyway, Fever Fiv- Ray is fantastic, and so is the knife. Yeah, I really, I really love yes. the knife back when the knife was doing things.
4: Same, yeah. Me too. I mean, remember when you first heard Heartbeats?
0: Oh yeah. Or uh, oh, one yeah. hit, or even, oh, yeah. um, gosh, what was, um, they had the most amazing Christmas song. I want to call it Reindeer, Reindeer, Reindeer.
5: Reindeer, yeah, it's something Reindeer for oh, sure. Oh, it was
0: so I don't think good.
5: I ever heard that one. Oh, it's,
0: it's the best Christmas song. <laughs>
5: wow. Yeah, it's on that, yeah, it's on one of those playlists that's like, here's your traditional Christmas playlist, and here's all the weird stuff that you like want to hear when you're sick of all the traditional
4: stuff
0: here's that's all the amazing. good stuff <laughs>
4: that's so cool nice uh, yeah.
0: you said that was your number four
4: that's my number four cool. um so my number three is definitely like a pivot from that um and it's baby's arms um by kurt vile from smoke ring for my halo which is a 2011 release
3: i get sick of just about everyone.
4: And it's just—I mean—I can't really think of any other song that is like more cancerian, more like water signy, more like romantic, uh, but also like you know when you have those days where you're like just sort of like I just need to be held, <laughs> somebody hold <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for a while, I was like, I was going through a period of like. I guess you could say waiting uh, where I was like kind of being forced to be patient with some of like the music stuff that I was doing, but also like some career stuff. And I just felt like kind of stuck mm-hmm. and I had always just listened to this album, especially this song. Cause it's the first song on the album and like just popping that on was just sort of like instant. It was like, it was like being held in a way. So uh, it's just a very sweet, sweet mm-hmm. song. Oh, yes. So
5: such a sweet song, like yeah. the sweetest
4: song. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a good one. And just like I don't know, the lyrics are really beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Um, like talking about like the things in his lover's hands, and he's that.
5: like, I get sick of just about everybody, but yeah, but I like to
4: hide in my baby's arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. So, um, I love that. Speaking of songs for people who are in love. Yeah, but, I need to add that one. Sure. Yeah, that one was, <laughs> that one is a, is a really good one. Um, and even if you aren't in love, it does make you feel loved in, in yeah. a way. Um Yeah, I was trying to think too, like if anything else that I was really into came out in 2011, I was trying to think back to that year and be like, what else was I listening to from this point in time? <laughs> yeah. Weird year.
5: Um, Weird, uh, war on Drugs, I feel like, is, like, something maybe I was listening to a lot then. Yeah. Dear
4: Hunter. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think I was, I was into, like, a lot of garage music maybe around then.
0: Are we talking American but, garage
4: or UK garage? Probably both. <laughs> um, but, but... Um, I was also listening to like a lot of new garage like like uh Ty and OCs, which might yeah. be not be yeah. classified as garage, but like you know.
0: I know, I, I definitely know what you mean. And and yeah, you know, there right. there there was a really great um Bay Area movement of the yeah. amazing garage rock bands right there. White Fence oh, was yeah. one of my
4: favorites. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Burger White Records F-
0: had to go and fucking ruin it.
4: <laughs> yeah, well that that was just like ah uh, yeah. I mean long time coming, I guess, for all yeah. of that
3: stuff. To oh. yeah. They, yeah. They, get.
0: they they get what yeah. they get, yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, but positive things. Kurt Vile's <laughs> voice is so wonderful. It's so like singularly him, and like whenever mm-hmm. you hear him sing, you know it's him automatically. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know, I just love it. And actually, one thing I love. Speaking of Kurt Vile, that um, was just perfect, and I want more, but I don't think I'll ever get it. Was that uh, duets album with Kurt Vile and Courtney oh. Barnett?
4: Oh, yes. Yes. So perfect. That. So beautiful. He did, um, speaking of duets, he did a song with John Prime.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. Which
4: was amazing. Like, Yeah,
0: I think he's got a good duet voice because his voice is so, like, singular and so distinct that yes. it really stands out. And it's got, like, a real texture to it. So I feel yes. like it kind of, like, no matter who he's duetting with... They complement each other well. But that, that Courtney Barnett album, I I, I would love another oh. one of those if yes, they've got please. it in them.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'll take another.
3: For
4: sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my number three. And um, so my number two is Hiroshi Sato, Say Goodbye um, from the album Awakening, which is from
3: 1982. And say goodbye.
4: And this is just a pure, unadulterated bop. I have like (laughs) nothing like really out. Like you can, this is the perfect driving song. It's the perfect running song. It's the perfect lounging with a cocktail in your hand song. Um, Also, if you like want to get up and dance, it's good for that too. It is just a good song, period. And whenever I would DJ it, people would automatically respond to it. Like there are some songs that people automatically respond to when you play them in a room. I'm sure, Terry, you know this, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. You put <laughs> it on and the room immediately moves. It's everyone such, freaks out. Yeah. It's a crazy reaction. I love the social experiment of it. But it's kind of <laughs> the same with this, but some people just don't know what this is. But you put it right. on and people are like, oh, Ooh. like what?
3: <laughs> what is
4: this? Um, but it's it's such a great track. Um uh and I guess it's a little bit romantic. I would say that maybe my my choices so far are pretty romantic. This is like yeah. a very like Pisces rising. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love this, that
0: because of your, uh, your tarot knowledge, the, 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 the Zodiac features into your description of the songs. Yeah. I know, I know nothing yeah. about the Zodiac at all. So when people say these words, they, they don't mean anything, but I still yeah. register them as like, okay, <laughs> you know, yes. I'm, I'm, Pisces
3: I'm
4: are like, romantic. Okay. Okay. Very romantic. And cancerians are like very baby, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then when my, you said that about
5: Kurt Biles song, I was like, yeah. yes, because I, <laughs> I only know <laughs> the, the ones, the zodiac signs that like are constantly in rotation in my life. And there's always cancers near me. I'm Virgo. Oh, and okay. always like so many of my friends, lovers, etc. cetera, our cancers. It's wild. So when you said that, I was like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true.
4: Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's such, it's just such a good album. I recently bought that LP, that Kerfile LP. Um, and I was just like, well, I gotta have it. Right. <laughs> and you know, since it's a 2011 release, it just, you know, the price was right. Was like, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, say goodbye. That awakening album is really good. Um, there's just so many tracks on that album that are that are great. Um, Would you or either s- one of you familiar with it?
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: for no, sure.
5: Yeah, I don't know this song, but I know of Sato, mm-hmm. and I love Harumi Hosono. Oh yeah, and I feel like they're yeah. re- related in a sense. Not re- not related like familial, like in a familial sense, but musically.
4: Yeah, abs- go together. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, would you say that
5: also maybe um, the Zen men kind of do fit this vibe too?
4: Oh, yeah. Actually, the Zen men probably do really fit this say goodbye aspect. But it's very like, it's a little bit more like, um, hmm, how would I say this? Like less of a bop, more of just kind of like a... Groove? Yeah, like a groove. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Less gotcha. of a bop, more of a groove. So, um, yeah, that's my second pick, and it's just cool. like, it's, yeah, it's it's good. It's just like a good solid four star for sure. Um, and then my number one <laughs> is "Lick Shots" by Missy Elliott off of Ooh. Missy So Addictive, two thousand and one.
3: Waving around like you're crazy high. Huh. Time to lick shots. Time to see. You.
4: because nothing like slay's harder than Missy Elliott period. Yeah. Like I just think Missy Elliott is the shit. <laughs> she- <laughs> and this track I remember when I first heard it I was just like this is a really powerful track and it's her and Timbaland and I mean like they're just such a dream team together. Um it was just like a really I really like 2001 for hip-hop and r and B. I I thought that was a really, mm-hmm. like, cool movement. Maybe yeah. sometimes toxic, but, I mean, hey, it happens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All we can do is uh, yeah. aim to improve. Right, know? right.
4: Like, we're constantly improving. It, it is part of the human condition.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, but you're um, absolutely right, though. Missy Elliott, I do think, has a universal appeal that cannot be denied. Like, every mm-hmm. single person in the world, when they hear a Missy Elliott song, A they know it's her and B, they mm-hmm. love it. Like, like, yep. like you yep. tell me a bad Missy Elliott song and I'll call you a liar. You know? Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I was like this song for one. And I think, I think a lot of these choices that I've made too, um, I have to say a lot of them are based on the memories that are attached to the songs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why we choose a lot of the things yeah. right. that we choose as favorites. Mm, Maybe yes, based on the feeling and, and, and kind of what the feeling that it connects us to. But I also think that there is sort of this like nostalgic aspect that takes us back to something or, you know, that period in time or even not even nostalgia, but can, can, can link you up with like even people that you were with mm-hmm. at the point in time too.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Or when yeah. you were eating. And, and I
0: think there's like, there has to be something inside the song That is of a certain quality and a certain amount of impressionability, both for your own emotions to go into the song and for the song's emotions to go into you to make that connection Mm -hmm. for it to be strong enough to become a favorite. Because, like, you know, I mean, let's take a song that is objectively bad. Um, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Okay. (laughs) We'll just pretend (laughs) that, that everyone agrees that that's a bad song. No one's going to put that in their number one, even if it was the song they danced to at their wedding. If it was like, you know, like (laughs) some sort of emotional, really like perfect moment, it's still not going to be in your top five. It's not going to happen. And it reminds me of this thing. I think it was in This American Life where um, they were talking about the romantic idea of only one person in the world for you. And they were like, well, that's not true. Let's do the math. And they actually like broke it down based upon like this one person's criteria for what they were looking for in a romantic partner. And they mm-hmm. were like, you're not one in a billion. You're one in 75,000. And that's still really good. You know what I mean? It's like because we make these decisions hmm. in our life that are like... I now connect myself to this song, to this person, to this town where I live, to this job that I've decided to do, by saying it's now a part of me as well. And so you kind of create a bond where you are defending it, and it's defending you, and like it bolsters you when yeah. you're down, and you bolster it as your favorite, and like it just kind of like it becomes like a mutual thing. But I think there has to be quality there; otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. You can't just yes. say. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer is my favorite song. (laughs) doesn't work. Agreed.
5: That was a really lovely way of putting that, Seth. Yeah. And now I really want to hear that episode of This American Life.
0: Yeah. No, no. I think think of it often. Whenever I make a big life decision, like um, in particular, I, I recently moved to Seattle. And when that happened, I had to think to myself like, okay, I could stay in Atlanta forever and that's cool. Will this be a mistake? And it, it is that thing of like, oh, no, this could be a life, and that could be a life. Both have positive things. What could this mean for me? You know? Right. Yeah. Yes. Who knows? You know? But there needs to be something yeah. positive there, I think. I, I don't think anyone could make a great relationship with a job, a town, a person, or a song if there isn't something of merit inside of it. I presume. I don't know.
4: Okay. Poodles. I agree with that, 100. Yeah. That is that is factual.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, it's so true though. I mean, the whole like nostalgia thing, especially because when we think back, or when I think back to how I listened to music and how I consumed music as a young person, only being able to get this CD or that CD or this tape or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just super like maybe that's why I obsess over things now. Just listening to it until it is broken or totally annoying at that point. Like I just play it over and over and over and over again. So yeah, it becomes like that phase of my life. This whatever album becomes like a certain time in my life because that's all I listen to on repeat. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the CD, the one CD over and over (laughs) in my car when I I was 16. You know, it's like, (laughs) ah, my first love, my... Like the smell of whatever perfume was cool in the nineties, right. just like certain smells bring back certain memories and songs and gap dreams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting to me. No, I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, well, cool. Uh, Crystal, that was an amazing list. I yeah, have a couple of things I got to look up, which makes me really happy. I, I, me uh, too. Anytime anyone ever mentions something that they love that I've never heard before, I take it as a challenge to make sure I go out and listen to it immediately. So I'm stoked. Um, So let's see here. Uh, Two down, one to go. Tara, I can't wait for your list. Uh, So let's see. Crystal will put back her records. You'll go gather up yours. Let's take another quick little break.
2: Addiction is a disease that impacts all of us. Whether you, your neighbor, friend, or family member is struggling, everyone feels the pain of addiction. Recovery Centers of America, Monroeville, wants you to know. That addiction treatment works and recovery is possible. Call 1-888-RECOVERY-NOW for help for yourself or a loved one. Recovery Centers of America have helped thousands of patients across the United States and here in Western Pennsylvania start a better, healthier way of life through their evidence-based inpatient and outpatient treatment programs.
1: Hey, I'm Shola Maridueña. I'm Jacob Scott
4: Thomas Bertrand, and this is the Lone Lobos Podcast. Every week, we just shooting from the hip, talking about everything and nothing at the same time.
2: Including topics like uh, what people think about Latinos who don't speak Spanish. Basically, what he said was, oh, you're a Mexican that doesn't speak Spanish. That's like a taco with no salsa, like a taco with no flavor. Oh, Dang.
6: She took that and was like, This was a year ago, and I didn't get accepted through time stamps and everything. And the email of her not getting accepted. And then a year later, exact design
4: was on like a car that you yeah. can buy. Yeah. And she was like, This is so messed up because like, you can't is... do anything about it. Well, yeah, but she, but she put on, it blew up.
1: Right, exactly. It started off as like this posh, you know, online Soho. Oh, house. it's for you entrepreneurs. Only... <laughs> it got to the point where I was like, What are you, what room are you in today? Like, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, This one is just a bunch of people making helicopter noises.
5: See, I was always way faster than my mom, so she wouldn't be able
2: to catch
3: me.
1: (laughs) Listen to Lone Lobos starting September 21st. It's a part of the
2: My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. I'm Jen Kirkman, host of the Anxiety Bites podcast. I'm not a trained mental health professional. In fact, I'm a comedian and a writer, but... I am experienced in having anxiety. I've had it my entire life. Generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, multiple phobias, but I've worked on them so much that by the time 2020 rolled around and it seemed like the rest of the world was just experiencing anxiety for the first time, I was actually feeling okay. And I wanted to do something to help other people find the right tools to help them take control of their overwhelming anxiety. So I decided to start a podcast. Anxiety Bites premieres on Wednesday, October 6th. Join me as I have irreverent but factual conversations with experts in the field of mental health. Subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Okay, I have gone. Crystal has gone. Now it is Tara's turn to tell us her top five best songs. Obviously, this is subjective. I don't I guess we don't really need to say that at this point. Like clearly yeah. we're going subjective. If we were going objective, there would be a lot more like Beethoven and Beatles <laughs> and Bjork right. in our lists. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, I kind of went there. Ooh, nice. Oh, um, I'm excited
0: to hear that as well then.
5: Yeah, I well, it was funny because uh, I, you know, I do the thing where I always, I go and I look at last FM to see how my Scrabbles have actually like, you know, all the data, what does the data tell me? Um, And I think for the most part it's true, but I also threw in some just current obsessions that have been my current obsession for like already to almost 2 years at this point. Mm. <laughs> like uh, still regularly listening to these songs and none of them are new. They're all old and actually kind of within well, I'll say from the 90s, 70s to the 90s. Um a nice range, but yeah. I think that some of them are very predictable of me to like. <laughs> um but I also avoided Sonic Youth on purpose. <laughs> okay. Um uh, but the, yeah, well, I'll just get into it. All right. So number five is Hold Me by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. From 1982's uh, Mirage album. It's, it's a Christina McVeigh, McVeigh song. She is um, underrated. Yes. I love her so much. And one of the lyrics in the song is just like the hottest. Uh, Slip your hand inside of my glove.
4: <laughs> wow. I
5: love that. I just love the intimacy of that lyric. Yeah. Yes. I love that too. It's a good, wow. it's a nice uh, soft rock jam.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny too, where you said that like, you know, this one's a McVee song. Um, Fleetwood Mm -hmm. Mac is one of the the groups that I can tell who wrote each song more clearly than like any other group. Like when you're listening to something like Tusk, you can be like, and that's yours and that's yours and that's yours and (laughs) that's yours. (laughs) Like, like it really does feel like Beatles white album where it's clear who wrote what.
5: (laughs) Yeah. So funny. Mm -hmm. Apparently when they were filming the music video for this, uh, Song, everyone was mad at each other. So they could all only be in certain scenes together for a short oh, amount of time. Wow. Hmm. And they're like in the Mojave Desert Desert. And it's I don't know, I just think it's hilarious because it's like, oh yeah, this person's mad at this person because he uh had an affair, and then this person had an affair with this person. And it's just like, oh my god, you guys are just uh, a mess. Definitely.
3: Just sleeping yeah. with everybody.
5: And ruining ruining the
4: bleeping
5: band, band.
0: everyone else. Yeah. I wonder if there's some good examples of there must be of relationships not ruining bands. Because like for the longest time, I hate to bring up Sonic Youth again. (laughs) Sonic Youth was like the gold standard of like, look at this fantastic band and this rock solid couple at like the center of it. Thurston Moore had to fuck it up.
5: Mm. I actually have (laughs) two more examples of relationships wrecking things in my list. Oh. Which is really funny. Oh, All right. Wow.
0: Well, well okay. I, I, will, I will not push the subject anymore then. I'll let you uh, <laughs> just continue. <laughs>
5: yeah. Um, But no, I mean, I, it's one to think about which ones have relationships that are like rock solid and still going or just like maybe the relationship didn't cause whatever turmoil to the project.
0: The first mm-hmm. one in my mind is Low. Like aren't-, aren't Oh, yeah. The, oh. That's a good The one. main two members yeah. of Lower are married, correct?
3: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So, so that's the first one I Yeah I'll, I'll keep thinking <laughs> That's, that's, that's yeah. the one I can think of
5: Interesting That is interesting That's a, that's a good one though uh, Okay So Number four Is oh, God I just freaking love this band So Much The song is Let Me Be The One By The Carpenters
3: Let me be the one you run to Let me be the one you come to
5: Oh, wow, yeah. 1971 from the album Carpenters, self-titled. Um, and this is the album with Superstar, which is my favorite Sonic Youth. Well, no, it's not my favorite Sonic Youth but One um, of your
0: favorite Sonic Youth songs. It's one of the, yeah. my favorites, yeah, <laughs> by,
5: that they've covered. Um, but yeah, I, Let Me Be The One is so good. And one thing I think you you might see a pattern in all of these songs, that, which is so unintentional. When I was thinking all of these through... I saw a pattern like, wow, all of these are like very much like, some of them are very ethereal. Some of them are this like wistful, kind of sad, but happy love songs. Mm-hmm. Um, hold Me, I don't know. It, it, yeah, maybe sh- a little bit. Let Me Be The One is, let me be the one. Yeah, it's like sad, but happy also. Yeah, but also yeah. like hopeful. In a way. Yeah, Hopeful, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, those carpenters! Oh, they're all
5: like that. Who, who, yeah, I, I don't know
0: um, as much about the carpenters as you do. How, like, like, what's the songwriting procedure for the carpenters? Did they write their own? Did other people write for them? Do you know?
5: Um, they did a lot of covers, like "Superstar." Mm. Actually, was written by Leon Russell and another person, mm. but mm. it was made famous by Rita Coolidge, I think. Oh, and then then they covered it, and it went even more popular
0: and then Thurston Moore covered it in Sonic Youth and, then, and it was even more popular. <laughs> well,
5: another generation finally got to experience it in a different way, which is cool. Right. Um, but, but I, I was
0: just actually, thinking to myself how good the songwriting is in The Carpenters and I was like, yeah. Man, how come other bands can't do that? <laughs> like how come how come The Carpenters yeah. were able to be so good at like every song being so memorable and so like perfect from a songwriting standpoint? And I I haven't done the research, but maybe you're maybe it's just because like you said they did a lot of covers they picked and choosed, and yeah they just knew how to curate a really good album
5: yeah actually this one wasn't written by them let me be the one was written by Paul Williams and Roger Nichols but um, I don't know if they were yeah I don't th- even think that they're like part of their full ensemble like right. band that performed oh, live okay. so it could have just been one of those things like you know, the record labels like hey Try out this song. song. And yeah. they wrote the parts to it and whatnot, but. Nice. Yeah. I love it so much. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, yay. Okay. Number three is from 1987. So the first one, number five, the Fleetwood Mac was 1982. This Carpenter's was 1971. So the next one's 1987. It's like going up in year. It almost <laughs> seems. Um, and again, not. I'm so fucking predictable. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like heaven. Oh. by the cure. Yeah.
3: Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick. The one that makes me scream I love the,
0: the, the cure. like a mood.
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a like love wistful hopeful love. Ethereal, swirly clouds and stuff.
4: Yeah, <laughs> romantically nebulous.
3: Ooh, yeah. Ooh. very yes. nice. <laughs> oh.
4: I
5: need <laughs> to know the zodiac sign for all of these songs. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, this Cure song is from "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me," which mm-hmm. also was very <laughs> sweet. Album mm-hmm. name, um, and I, th- I love this song so much. Um, the video actually includes Robert Smith's wife. Oh, um, She's the one in the white dress prancing uh, near the edge. No kidding. Uh, on the cliff. And apparently is the only woman ever featured in any of their music videos. Wow. wow. Like that, that one video, which is really cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Um,
4: so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I love seeing um modern day Robert Smith doing anything. Like I just saw him recently mm-hmm. performing with gorillas, and I just love yeah. that he's still Robert Smith after all these years. Like
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. he he's he he is exactly who he is, and he's been it forever, and it doesn't feel phony, it doesn't feel forced, it doesn't feel like he's in a rut. It just feels like he's just being Robert Smith and he's so good yeah. at it, you know?
3: Yeah, he Absolutely. is so
5: good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I also heard him on the the new uh, Churches single recently, too, and I believe he's in the video for that. So, uh, Hmm. yeah, I also love that Robert Smith is just still active, still running around, being his legendary self. Good for him.
5: I just found out—I hope it's not true, but I think it's um, true—that the bass player actually is leaving the band after— Oh, I saw that, too. I think I saw that in, like, Stereo Gum or Ah. something. Yeah,
0: yeah.
5: Yeah, it's a bummer. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's so good. I mean, because Fascination Street has that amazing bass part.
0: I feel like The Cure in general is pretty bass-centric. I think removing yeah. the bass is removing a pretty big element to that band.
4: They're going to be big yeah. shoes to fill.
0: Yeah, for I sure.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: hmm
5: Yeah. Um, another thing that's kind of interesting about this song, just like Heaven, is we all, well, we all know that Dinosaur Jr. covers it. Right. hmm And it's Robert Smith's favorite cover. Oh the Dinosaur Junior song. I know, I love that. It's so cute. And he he said he loves it so much it influenced how they play it live now, which I don't know quite what that means, but just the fact that like Jay Maskus is influencing Robert Smith. And he probably influenced him and it's just like ping pong of influence.
0: That's fun. That's like when you hear uh, Dolly Parton talk about Whitney Houston's version of I Will Always Love You. It's always like with such reverence and such like adoration. Like it's like, yeah, you you love to hear that. You love to hear when an artist loves covers of them. It's fun, you know?
5: I know. I just got chills. (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. Okay. Number two is from 1991 um, and it's the song Hit by the Sugar Cubes.
3: Ah, very okay. nice.
0: I, I man, yeah, I, I, I haven't thought about the sugar cubes in a while, but I'm glad Bjork made it on our list somehow. Yeah.
5: <laughs> it's so funny, my bestie Sam. Every time I play it, she's like, "Oh boy, here we go!" Like I'm just obsessed <laughs> with this song. Yeah. I play it so much. Um, this is a good one. Yeah, I even made like a silly like music video for it during the pandemic. I mean, music video, it's like 15 seconds long. It's not a music video, but (laughs) just I listened to it on repeat during the pandemic and it brought me joy. The album title is called Stick Around for Joy, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, telling. Um, But the lyrics, if you think about it, and this is another one of those bands where the relationships really kind of ruined things. Yeah. Good points. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think she had rounds with just about everyone in that band. Right. um, And then got pregnant with one of them. And the song is, um, this wasn't supposed to happen. Um, You planted a seed inside me. It's growing. Uh, It's just talking about like, I don't know, falling in love and like, Getting pregnant and like, this wasn't supposed to happen, but it's kind of just like exciting and I don't know.
4: Yeah. Wow.
0: I also think this is funny too, because this factors back into, at least for me, to what we were talking about with um, something that's not a favorite album or not a favorite artist, but is Mm -hmm. definitely a favorite song. Because I, I I like the sugar cubes because Bjork was in the sugar cubes, you know? Like, yeah. I fell in love with yeah. Bjork and then was like, I need more Bjork. Where can I go for more Bjork? It's like, oh, check out the sugar cubes. Okay. And then I go back and absorb all the sugar cubes. That's the only reason I listen to the sugar cubes. Because in all honesty, I'd say half of the sugar cubes, when it's not Bjork front and center, I lose some interest. You know? Like, I, I want my sugar cubes to be mostly Bjork just because, you know— it's fucking Bjork. She's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah. So to me, the Sugar Cubes have amazing singles, and of course, amazing mm-hmm. members of the mm-hmm. band. Bjork, most most of all. But um, but yeah, I don't think they ever made like a perfect album. I don't think they ever became like a perfect band. But they definitely had the hits. Like like their their singles were wonderful. You know.
5: I love Life's Too Good. That album is so good.
0: It's good, yeah. I agree with that. But, but yeah, I guess I, I, I think I, I'm tainted just because of my my full blown Bjork love that I feel like the yeah. other members are like getting in the way, especially when that other dude sings. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. you shut up, Bjork's right there. It's very there. much like yeah,
5: it's very much like a Fred Schneider vibe, right. like when you love Kate and yes. Uh, Cindy Wilson from B52s and then you get Fred Schneider is like shouting into the microphone.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. And especially because like they're like right there, you know? It's like yeah, Bjork's in the room, so we're covered. We don't need any more singers. <laughs> you can take a break, you know. Just let her do it. Yeah.
5: But I don't know. I still I I think There's charm his parts to it. are yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's fun. Um, and this song is really fun and it does kind of have that same like love. Ethereal cloud was it nebulous romantic
4: yeah. nebulous? What did you say? How did yeah. you say it? It was like uh, yeah, romantic. Yeah, what did I say? What did you say? I don't know it was too. It was perfect. great. <laughs> romantic nebulousness. I don't know something. Yeah. The moment has passed. That's why it was nebulous. It's like never return. It's yeah. yeah, so good. And this is so.
5: And this is their last <laughs> album too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. A, another mm. banger from their final album yeah. before. Then she went off and did debut and all the wonderful things that she's done. Yeah. Um, so we can appreciate it, but hit is a hit. Hit is a hit. Uh, all right. Well, now here we are to number one. Woo-hoo. And this is truly, truly my most listened to song. Well, since I've been scrabbling anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, from 1990, Cherry Colored Funk.
4: Yeah, what a great song, Cocktoe Twins.
5: Right. Yeah. And this used to be my MySpace song, which oh, was like oh, on nice. my fucking
4: MySpace profile. <laughs> okay, so yeah, all of these songs are like the same. With like, where, where is your, where are your cancer placements? What
5: I don't have any.
4: What are your water placements? We could we can <laughs> bring that I, up. Didn't we do that
5: before? I don't know. I feel like yeah. I'm all Virgo all day long. Three, like rising. Falling, surfing, whatever. I'm all the Virgos. Well,
4: <laughs> either that or you have like some air, or some Gemini. Like you can't you can't have all of those choices. <laughs> sun, <laughs> sun, moon, stars,
5: planets, all Virgo.
4: <laughs> the good old. <laughs> Cocto she's Cocto like twins.
5: she knows what time I was oh, born. She's pulling you, up everything.
4: Mm, you have Mars and Scorpio. So there's your water placement. <laughs> so These are Scorpio. These are like deep, these are kind of deep, deep emotional cuts, if you will. (laughs) Deep cuts, deep emotional Mm -hmm. cuts. Yeah, moody,
5: romantic.
4: Oh, you also have Venus and Leo. So all of these things that are like very like, uh, how would I say this? Like like symbiotic romance. Mm. Oh, unfortunately, not like the bands. Right.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Not symbiotic.
4: (laughs) Yeah, not at all. That's so
5: funny. Yeah. I mean, because we know, well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, like Cocteau twins. Well, we'll never see them together
3: Mm-mm. touring
5: because there's too much animosity between some of the band members. Uh, okay. But I have seen Elizabeth Frazier with Massive Attack. So it's like almost. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Not really, but.
0: That's the way I I feel like whenever, um, and it happens often, uh, living in Atlanta, uh, how often Big Boy will show up to do a guest spot at someone else's concert. Like, for example, I'll be at a Janelle Monae show and Big Boy comes out. I'll be at a Run the Jewels show and Big Boy comes out. You know what I mean? Like, it just becomes like a a pattern because he's local to Atlanta and a legend and all those things. I'll never get to see Outkast because I don't think Outkast will ever reunite, but I do get to see Big Boy just hop on stage all the time with other artists I like.
5: Yeah, I love it when that happens. I always, I'm just like, you know, when I go to a show or a festival even, I'm like, who's going to get on stage with who this time? Yeah. 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 Where there's like many people playing. And big ears, that happens a lot where it's like, you know, oh, you have Terry Riley playing. Maybe he'll get on stage with, oh, well, yeah, like Phil, Philip Glass and Laurie Anderson right, playing right. together.
0: Um, You know, it was one of my favorite ones ever, just speaking of uh, Janelle Monae, was I remember I was at a Grimes show, and Janelle Monae ran out and and played a song with her. And I was just like, man, Atlanta's great. (laughs) Atlanta has so many great musicians.
5: Which one was that? Uh, This was at the Variety
0: Playhouse. Oh, Yeah, this is Grimes. She was still pretty young at the time. So this was, Grimes had not yet popped as big as she has popped now, you know? Mm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: But but, any, but anyway, yeah. but those moments, whenever they happen, are always a lot of fun. You know, you're, you're you're always happy to see, especially when it's like a moment you know from an album, and you hope it happens. You're like, I know they live in this town. Will they come yeah. out?
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, but, but that's that's a great list, though, Tara. I bet I bet your Thank list you. even more than uh, crystals are mine. Your <laughs> list would make a great playlist. Like if you yes. played all five of your songs back to back, that would like.
5: They probably are all on one of my playlists together, (laughs) actually. I'm not kidding. I mean, probably not back to back, but I bet you they are all on that. Actually, they're probably all on that, um, like, someone in love playlist that I have. That's great. That's fantastic.
0: Uh, well, very cool. I mean, we've uh, we've we've tackled a bunch of great stuff. Um, I also bet that if uh, you asked all of us for these lists, like next week, they'd be different. You know, It'll change. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. Abs- absolutely. Such absolutely. is the way. <laughs> I was really battling
5: putting a couple on here. I don't know if we have just like. Do we have? Do you all have shortlists at all?
0: Uh I, I, I honestly don't because no. like it would be everything. Like, like I have artists yeah. that I really wanted to include. Like, I really wanted the Beatles. Okay. I really wanted Radiohead. Um, I really wanted um Pavement on there. I really mm. wanted okay. um MF Doom on there. Like there, there, there are so mm. many artists where I was just like, oh, I hope you make it. But the list itself is got to be like fifty songs long, so I I I won't list that off. But how about you, Tara? Yeah,
5: yeah. daydreaming, Aretha Franklin, before today, everything but the girl, and never too much, Luther Vandross. Mm. <laughs> That's my short list. What a bop! I
4: love it's that. it's very
5: short. But Yeah, yeah it's like ah, uh, I listen to these songs all the time. Where are they going to fall? And
4: yeah.
0: For sure yeah
4: crystal visions did you have a short list? um sn- no, I didn't really have a short list because I knew the consequences of making a short list, <laughs> which, would been, which would have been just like adding to my uh confusion, maybe feeling like a little bit more overwhelmed. I just sort of i I chose for my gut basically knowing that like if if somebody was going to ask me what I would play, yeah like. You know, if I was at a party. Right. And yeah. like, what do you want to play? And then if I'm like, well, what if I'm in my room in the evening? So I just picked like five different moods where I would be listening to music and then I just chose. That's great. That's a great method. Yeah. So that's that's how I did it because I, I just knew like if I was to start writing stuff down, it would just be, <laughs> I'd be, I, w- I would have been, I would have maybe never come into the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: uh, unfortunately, I think it's time for us to start closing up. But before we go, let's restock the employee recommendation rack. Um, Mine this week is actually going to be a book. Um, I just finished a really great book from one of my favorite authors. Uh, The book is called um, First Person Singular, and the author is Haruki Murakami um man oh man i love him uh he's probably best known for um let's see the wind up bird chronicle kafka on the shore iq 84 like he's got some real big hits
3: yeah
0: uh but this is like his like this is his latest one this is his 2021 book and the reason i'm bringing it up here in the record store is that um so there's eight short stories in this book three of them are extremely music focused because Haruki Murakami is very music-focused as a guy. He always mm-hmm. includes a lot of what his characters are listening to and concerts and putting on music and all this. I believe he actually has an owl. There's a book. Bu- yeah, yeah. yeah,
5: There's like a whole other book about that. I believe it's yeah. like him
0: in conversation mm-hmm. with like some sort of classical music composer or something. Yeah. I've yeah. never read it, but I've heard about it. I haven't it. either. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Murakami, one of my favorite authors, and I love this new book. My favorite short story in this book. So yeah, there's one about um, uh, the protagonist falling in love with uh, a young girl in the 60s because she was walking through a school hallway clutching a Beatles album to her chest. That That's Aww. a really beautiful one. There's another really great one about getting obsessed with the song Carnival by Schnauss. No, Schumann. Schumann. Yeah, by Schumann. And then... Um, My favorite one, my favorite short story in the whole book, which I won't give away the end to, because, you know, what's the fun in that? Um, (laughs) It's, uh, the story is called Charlie Parker Plays Bossa Nova. And so it's so neat, because what it is, is so Charlie Parker died in 55, and the whole like Bossa Nova craze kicked in in like the 1960s. So Charlie Parker never played Bossa Nova. So the protagonist of this short story wrote a review of a fake album where Charlie Parker made a bossa nova album, and so mm-hmm. he wrote this review, published it in like his local like college newspaper, and like the editor was mad because he didn't know it was fake, like he didn't realize it was like a satirical piece. He thought it was like a real review of a real album, and so people reacted to it as people react. But then, as this character grows up and visits just like a small used record store in New York, they find this bootleg copy of a record called Charlie Parker Plays Bossa Nova. And they're looking at it and like the tracks that they had mentioned in their short story are like listed on the back. And they're like, wait a minute. I mean, this has to be fake. I made this up. So what is this? Like he died in 55. There's, there isn't a chance that he made a Bossa Nova album. And anyway, the story continues from there. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, Haruki Murakami is one of my favorite authors. In his latest book, he talks about music a lot. It's called First Person Singular. I recommend it.
4: Cool. All right. I'll check it out. I love to read. Yeah. I want to read that too.
0: Tara, how about yes. you? What do you want to put up on the shelf today?
5: I just got a record by Jeff Parker. It's not streaming or anything like that. It's a special vinyl release, vinyl only release. Um, and it's called JP's MySpace Beats. And it's like <laughs> stuff that he put on MySpace, like back in the day when he was really getting into, um, you know, making making like electronic music and stuff. I love that. Um <laughs> Yeah, as we all know, he's like a member of the old band Tortoise, which is sort of post rock. Um But that like what has, what a cool you know, idea.
0: Did did he just put this out recently?
5: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I think you can still get it. It was only on Bandcamp, I think. I don't know.
0: That's so cool. Um
5: yeah, it's really good. There's jazz, funk, like elements to electronic elements. Um, It's really good. I love it. Cool. Very nice. JP's MySpace Beats, Jeff Parker.
0: Love it. Uh, Crystal, I know you don't work here, but is there anything you'd like to pop up on the employee recommendation shelf?
4: Well, yes, actually, since there has been a repressing of conflict by John Carroll Kirby. Ooh. Ooh.
0: (laughs) You just said the magic words to get into mine and Tara's hearts. Yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah. What what a great musician. What a great guy in general. I mean, he's just, uh, just a lovely person. And I mean, this debut album, I mean, I think it was his debut. Was it not? Or did he have...
0: I mean, he puts out so much that it's hard to tell for have, me. I don't know.
4: It was something uh, else I think before. It was like the, maybe the album with the floating island on it. I don't know. But anyway, mm-hmm. this, yeah, yeah. this album is amazing. And it is just like the perfect, it would probably be the perfect companion to reading the book that you are, that you put on the shelf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually. You know? uh, so yeah. John Carroll Kirby is on one of my favorite record labels, which is Leaving Records. And that whole record label, I think is wonderful for reading too. Lots of new age, awesome stuff, including John Carroll Kirby. Yeah.
4: Yes. And just like, he, uh, yeah. what a look. Mm. He is. That's such a good look.
5: I didn't know he was so involved in so many other people's music. Oh, yeah. But the first album that I ever heard of his was the one that has like his face mm-hmm. and his long hair. And I was like, what is this guy? <laughs> <I know?" laughs> and then I listened to him, like, oh my God, I really love this. Like, oh,
3: yeah.
5: yeah. Don't ever judge a book by its cover. Like, this is a good album. And then, yeah. And then I found out he's collaborated with all these amazing people. Conan Moxon is one of them. Right. Yes. Sebastian Tellier, who I talk about all the time. Um, yeah, man. What
4: a cool dude. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, it's been re- repressed. So put that
3: up.
0: Nice.
4: Oh, yeah.
3: Well, fantastic.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we definitely have to close up. We've been open <laughs> too long, but extra big thanks to Crystal Visions. Thank you for coming in today. We um, really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thank you. It's been fun chilling at the shop.
0: Yeah. And if anyone is interested, and I uh, anyone here in the record store who can hear my voice, go to Deep Blue Star, which is your new video, and watch it. And you can find <laughs> all that at uh, hallofvisions.com. And uh, that, you'll find your paintings your tarot stuff and your music and i can't wait for more like i'm i'm genuinely thank excited you. for the future of crystal visions in the world thank of you. music
4: it's gonna me be great. too <laughs> yes Damn. thank you thank you
0: uh also thank you to everyone else here in the record store listening to us uh yammer on, y'all are great uh but the store is officially closed so happy trails everyone until we meet again
5: Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at recordstoresociety.
2: Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? The sleepless nights, the constant worry, and the feelings of isolation. Recovery Centers of America wants you to know you're not alone. Addiction destroys families, but if you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your loved one can begin to recover, and so can your whole family. At Recovery Centers of America at Monroeville, your loved one will be treated with compassion and dignity by expert addiction professionals while recovering in a world-class facility. Family support services will give you knowledge, connection, and community so that you can begin to heal and recover as well. Call 1-888-RECOVERY today. Recovery Centers of America accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services at no cost. Patients are admitted 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? What does this thing do?
1: Kids are curious about
0: everything, including guns. Learn how to store your gun securely and make your home safer at
1: nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council.
6: Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric. I've got something big brewing for the new season of my podcast, Next Question. My memoir, Going There, comes out October 26. Yikes! So this fall, I'm taking you behind the making of the book and the making of some of the big moments in my personal and professional life still can't decide whether I'm Catherine or Katie. I'll talk to the people behind some of the most impactful news stories that I've covered over the course of my career, like Anita Hill. The term
2: Believe All Women is just our invitation to put in place systems and processes that allow us to be heard and believed.
6: And I'll be sharing exclusive podcast only conversations with my friends and family about the memoir and my life. Katie is a pack rat Mm. and she has basically her own archive of sorts in her basements. So come for my signature curiosity, but this time stay for some of my own revealing answers. Find new episodes of Next Question with Katie Couric every Thursday. Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows.